Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast. Uncommon sense for people in the business of helping others through tutoring, teaching and coaching. Now, as always, I'm eager to hear from you, that your stories, your insights, your opinions, as well as your questions and your problems. So do get in touch. It's info at neilcameda.com. Now, today I really want to talk about something that's emerged for me, particularly over the last year, as, as a big deal for me. And it's the idea of total specialization versus being widely read and uh, active in more than one field. If effectively, this is a sort of a follow-on from last episode where we're talking about investing in yourself and your skills and thus broadening the base of your life and your business. And that allows you to pursue different aspects of your personality and character. So what we're really talking about here is uh, polymathy or polymathy, depending on how you pronounce it, meaning knowing a lot about many things. So this week particularly, I want to look at the psychological and behavioral aspects of polymathy. Next week, I'll take a bit of a squint at the business implications of it. Now, certainly we seem to be encouraged to become very focused on our thing, you know, to become more expert at what we do. And generally, specialization is good, but not if it comes at the expense of having broader learning and expertise, different perspectives. And for sure, focus like a laser and become outstanding at what you do primarily, but always add more skills, add more learning to what you do. And most of all, add more fun. If all you're doing is having more and more fun every day, then life's pretty cool. If each thing you do also adds an income stream, then happy days. Now, polymathy, we're almost discouraged from pursuing many things all at the same time. Polymathy is, is one of the characteristics of the majority of the most famous people throughout history. They were all polymaths. For example, Leonardo da Vinci. He was a Renaissance painter, inventor, engineer, astronomer, anatomist, biologist, geologist, physicist, and an architect. I mean, what a flash bugger. Likewise, Michelangelo di Lodovico Buonarroti Simoni, better known to us as plain old Michelangelo, another painter, sculptor, architect, poet, engineer. Sir Isaac Newton. Physicist, mathematician, astronomer, and above all else, believe it or not, alchemist. He actually spent more time studying alchemy than anything else. But we are encouraged to think of him as, as just a scientist, mathematician. George Washington Carver, who you may not have heard of. He was a, a former slave, became an agriculturist, a botanist, a scientist, an educator, an artist, a musician, and an inventor. Backed by the great, the Indian Mughal Empire, Emperor, 
was an architect, an artisan, an artist, a blacksmith, emperor, blacksmith, check it out, an engineer, a military general, an inventor, and a writer. Then they called him the Great for a damn good reason, or several damn good reasons. Working down my little crib list here, Gottfried Leibniz, German philosopher, logician, mathematician, mechanician, scientist, and historian. Fascinating guy. Of course, Benjamin Franklin, American politician, author, printer, scientist, inventor. He invented tons of stuff, and he became president of the United States. Another American president, Thomas Jefferson, as well as being a politician, he was a horticulturalist, an architect, an archaeologist, a paleontologist, and an inventor too. Oh, and he founded a university. And he wrote the Declaration of Independence. I mean, these are polymath guys. Today, you've only got to look around, look at someone like Elon Musk. What's he into? He's into physics. He's into engineering. He's into programming. He's into design. He's into manufacturing. He's into business, philanthropy, and space. He's a polymath. I don't hear anybody saying that he should specialise and just do one thing. People looking at him in awe and going, how does he do all that? I think it's because he's just interested and he loves it. The list for me goes on and on and on. All these guys went ahead, did their own thing, unconstrained by any feeling of a need to specialise. They were unafraid to go where their curiosity took them. And... I think unconstrained is a fiercely good word. Maybe that should be my word of the day. Now, I'm basically a geek. always have been. But I've come to recognise and value the parts of my personality that are really non-geek or even anti-geek. Um, as a kid, you know, I always took stuff apart. That's the geeky thing. But it was hands-on and I wanted to know how things worked. Whether it was toys, bikes, then later on guitars and motorbikes and cars, and now even houses. I want to find out how things work, and it means getting my hands on it, tearing it down and building it back up again. As a little child, I wanted to learn everything. I even tried to go without sleeping so I could keep on reading, keep on learning. So I think over the last year, having a much more time for self-reflection, because of the restrictions on us all, I've come to recognise that the the geek really is the core of me. And the, the inner geek wants to play and puzzle things out. But there's also this more visceral anti-geek. It's the physical, tactile, manual part of me. It's got a love of working with my hands, getting them on physical tasks. Woodwork, to a certain extent, I'd say writing longhand is part of this. But also laying bricks plastering walls, working on machines of all sorts. Teaching is immensely satisfying to my inner geek because it's solving other people's problems for them. But it doesn't satisfy this anti-geek part of me. So I've evolved the process of splitting my time to serve these two principal drivers. The geek does his thing in the quiet times. You know, I'm teaching and teasing out how students think so I can tailor my approach for them. 
unpicking the mysteries of the guitar and the music, planning, running the businesses, thinking, writing, strategic planning, all that sort of stuff. And then the rest of the time, the hands-on part of me goes out to play. It has to work around all the geeky stuff. Keep it on top of my property portfolios, essential maintenance jobs, for instance. It's with my hands. Progressing my home rebuild and restoration project. That's all hands-on stuff. Of course, mucking about with the various man toys, the, the cars, the motorbike, the tools and the gadgets. The, got to get my hands on, got to get my hands dirty. Despite having always been encouraged to keep my hands clean. And all the time I'm doing this, I'm reading. I'm listening to audiobooks, podcasts and lectures. I'm picking out occasional useful video lessons and how-tos from the internet. Now, the upshot of recognising and embracing this dichotomy has resolved a sort of inner civil war that's been raging for decades. And now from the moment I wake up to the moment I force myself to go to sleep. I mean, come on, who wants to go to sleep when stuff is so much fun and so interesting? Then I'm absorbed, I'm fascinated, and I'm having fun doing what I love. This is an unexpected outcome of lockdown and the draconian restrictions imposed upon us. I've realised that I need to do diverse things just to stay interesting and fresh. Face-to-face -face lessons are what I love to do, and I'll revert back to them and max them out whenever I get released from house arrest. But I'll also make sure I'll preserve whole blocks of time to do the physical hands-on stuff, because I can't let that physical part of me remain unfulfilled, because I've got a false belief that I must be a specialist. Maybe this is a brain-body thing. The brain wants the puzzle solved. The hands need to feel the work and the satisfaction of developing the skill of three. Well, sure. I could choose to only do my geek stuff. But that would also mean a sort of narrowing of my vision. Where's the fun in that? Being widely read interest in a whole bunch of things makes us all more interesting we've got references beyond our speciality and lessons from all over the place parallels to draw similes and comparisons insights and treasure from other fields that we can bring to our day-to-day -day stuff for instance i remember vividly discussing the core similarities of all mathematical operators with one of my students and using that as a metaphor for music because he was a maths geek and he couldn't believe I understood maths that way. And in turn, that has allowed me to become somewhat more authoritative in his view. Now, without the diverse interests and activities, we can all grow stale. Having multiple interests, jobs, work, activities gives us different perspectives. Often insights from one field apply elsewhere. This cross-fertilisation makes everything better. Now, you and I are hopefully expert teachers. But 
as someone who's already an expert in field, our next breakthrough will probably come from outside of our field of specialization. Ideas which are common over there are pretty much unthinkable over here. Great example of this that I refer to occasionally is Henry Ford. Henry Ford started making cars as a you know piecemeal production one at a time. And he developed the concept of continuous process production of cars by borrowing the continuous moving production lines of a meat processing plant and uh, a grain elevator conveyor belt. He bought that across to car manufacturing. Now, without borrowing those, those ideas, Ford would have kept on making each car individually, just as they'd been doing for years. That would make cars extremely expensive, making ownership of a car the preserve of the very rich alone. Borrowing from another field because he was interested in it made Ford better. It also made him very rich. Just a little footnote there. So the more things you're involved in, the richer your life is. I'd really like to know where you stand on this one. Do you think that you should become an ultra specialist or an unlimited polymath? Do specialists just learn more and more about less and less as they become more specialised? Or are we doomed to be jack of all trades, master of none? What do you think? And I'll just partially revisit last week's wrap-up. I see, my job is to spend every day having fun, doing what I love. I need to explore everything that looks interesting to me, without limits or boundaries. Use both my head and my hands. Satisfy the myriad interests and urges of my curious mind. I'll hack my way through the jungle of the unexplored and the different to find the valuable elusive treasure to bring back to my domain and gift to my tribe. And I'll be bloody grinning every step of the way because it's fun to be so interested in so many things. So tell me, you're a teacher. What else do you do? Get in touch. It's info at neilcowmeadow.com. I'll see you in the next episode where I'll continue to scramble through the myths, the mysteries, the misunderstandings, pull the facts from the fiction, exposing the bare bones of what matters and what works when you, like me, start, grow and love your tutoring business and probably all your other businesses too. Join me next time for another episode of the Tudor Podcast. Keep on tutoring and have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.